And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy. Joining me is Chief Amazoniologist, or Chief Archaeologist rather is a better word, Tyler. Tyler, welcome. It's funny that you mentioned that because I just booked a vacation to Themyscira and I'm going to spend an entire week in the company of a bunch of buff, beautiful women. Hell yes. Shout out to Ed Candy with the line of the movie, I hope there's Amazons who like them thick. Um, shout outs to Etta for that. Um, alright, so this is this penultimate movie to the, uh, DC Animated Cinematic Universe, uh, with the next, so, um, I don't want to get too much into the next movie, I've already hyped it up enough, I feel like, so, um, yeah, we're about ready You're for not it. ready, and you've already seen it. Yeah, I'm not ready to watch it again. Like, I saw a clip, I'm like, oh god, not again. It's been about a year since I saw it, so... Okay, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Wonder Woman Bloodlines. The uh, This is the second official Wonder Woman movie. Um, the first one came out in 2009, and then, uh, of course, this is the first one following her hugely successful... Uh, solo adventure in 2017 which everybody raved about so let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down shall we uh this was directed by sam lou and justin copeland with a screenplay by mayor uh Marigreed scott i apologize if i butcher that name this is ba- uh, uh, produced by sam lou and amy mckenna starring rosario dawson as wonder woman jeffrey donovan as steve trevor maria agravopoulos as v- vanessa uh, Capitalis, Sasha Swan, uh, Adrian Seymour as Edicani, Kimberly Brooks as Cheetah and Giganta, Courtney Taylor as Dr. Poison, Constance Zimmer as Veronica Kale, Nier Vardalos, Vardalos as Julia Capitalis, Michael Dorn as Ferdinand the Minotaur, Cree Summer voicing both Hippolyta and Medusa, Mozan Marno as Dr. Cyber, and Ray Chase as just lead bandit, because I, I guess you gotta put that Ray Chase is in the movie. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's already uh, pretty prominent as uh, Etrigan. Okay, that's true. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, I always like to talk about this with Tyler since he hasn't really thought about this. What did you expect going into this movie? Uh, I expected a prequel of sorts. Uh, I was half right in that because the opening movie is kind of a prequel to how Wonder Woman came to uh, the civilization of man from uh, Themyscira after Steve Tremor accidentally lands in Themyscira from a parademon attack. Yeah, it's it's and, right uh, around the, the first invasion from Darkseid. Yay. And, uh, yeah, again, I was half right. The rest of the movie uh, is pretty much in line to uh, what we've seen the last couple movies, I think. In terms Pretty of much, anyway. Exactly. So it's 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 a both. And actually, I was kind of confused. I remember when this was just coming out, they said it's going to be another origin movie. I'm like, well, we already have. If you, by the way, if you haven't seen the 2009 um, uh, Wonder Woman animated movie, um, go watch that, please, because I think honestly, in some aspects, it's better than the live action version of Wonder Woman, but. Uh, that's not a hit of that. It's all on HBO Max, too. It's just titled Wonder Woman 2009. Okay. Uh, but this movie is not an origin movie. I wouldn't call this an origin movie at all because it's mostly just a how did she get to man's world. You don't necessarily see her like 
born from clay and all that stuff. You don't see any of that. Uh, it's just pretty much how she gets from uh, the man's world to um, to us. Uh, or from Themyscira to Man's World, rather. Um, and uh, I think they did a good job. I think, considering what, without getting too much into it, I think they did a good job of making sure that, like, it, it all connects. Like, her her connection, the uh, leaving Themyscira, the connection with the main characters, and then, of course, all it loops back onto her. I think they did a good job of basically become, being having it be an Aurora Boris, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Snake's Hawk in just a minute. True, very much true. Uh, kind of gave it away there, but um, I, I think overall, and like you may not see it. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, like why are we doing this now? Like, it feels weird to go back in time, and you know, um, Grant, I don't think at the time nobody, most people didn't know that this is the second to last movie of this iteration. But um, I think uh, it's I think it's an interesting choice. But let's talk about Rosario Dawson's Wonder Woman because this is, like we've seen her; she's uh, been a prominent character in the Justice League movies, team, the uh, Justice League movies and stuff like that. Of course, the Death of Superman; she was very prominent. What did you think of her portrayal as a solo character in this instance? I think she does a really good job as uh, Wonder Woman in general. Like she has the stoic kind of personality that I would expect from uh, Amazonian princess superhero. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely, she she pulls it off. But like, there's like always imagine every single version of Wonder Woman. No matter, and I always find it charming because they only really do it in like other media. They don't really do it in the comics because she's been around the uh, man's world for so long. She's just acclimated. But I always like young Wonder Woman, um, or at least not young Wonder Woman, but rather first like first time starting out Wonder Woman. Where she's just super awkward with everything in terms of phrasing, how culture works, and like just just overall quipping. Like I found her like very unique among that in that in an in instance that we got to see a side of her that we don't really get to see. We didn't really get to see beforehand. Yeah, it's pretty much like me in real life. Um, like uh, the, from down to the way she quips. To um, the fact that she's like her main concern in this movie, and it, it becomes a driving point for the second half of the film, is that like, am I worthy of my mother's love? And like, am I worthy of being this hero that people call me? You know, like it's because like, like and, it, and it happens to Superman, right? Where you get like these all powerful characters, and it's 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 I think it's better when you see these characters have. Like, they have no doubt. You want to have that character, right? That take charge. I got this. But it's also refreshing to me when you see those characters have doubt. Yeah, it makes them more human and relatable, I think. Yeah, um, to to make a Christ-like... Not necessarily make a Christ-like analogy, but it's like... The if you're famous if you're if you're uh, familiar with it, the uh, the Garden of Gethsemane moment. You, you know that moment, Tyler? Can't say I do. Okay, it's basically the moment where before like where he comes to terms with the fact he's begging his dad for his to spare his life because he knows what's about to happen at the crucifixion stuff like that, and it's like at that moment like he's crying, and before that he's like follow me you know like to do the preaching stuff, and here you get to see this very raw, very real humanistic moment, and I feel like that's a lot of like. Obviously, and considering what happens to Wonder Woman in this movie, it could be analogy. It could be analogous to the crucifixion, but um, like 
just that that moment when she's on the plane with Steve at the end of the movie where she's just like unloading and just like like she feels like a real person because it's it's probably very similar doubts that a lot of us deal with in terms of our day to day lives. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's very good, and I also think her chemistry with uh, Ray Donovan's uh, Jeffrey Donovan, not Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan is a completely different actor. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan, Steve Trevor was. Uh, I thought they had a nice chemistry together. Yeah, I think they're pretty cool together. Even though um, uh, he pretty much got uh, blue balled by the by the beginning of uh, this cinematic journey. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who voiced uh, Ray Donovan. In the, because uh, he was voiced with somebody else in the previous. Uh, uh, this is not the first time we've seen um, Steve Trevor. He was in Justice League War. I think it was voiced by Nathan Fillion. That's who it is. Yes, it's Nathan Fillion. Um, uh, but this is sort of like um, they're. It's weird because like they've known each other since like this all started, but it seems like only now. Well, obviously, it only could happen now because her and Superman were kind of. We're going. We're go, uh, We're dating each other. So, um, how did you feel about their dynamic in this movie? Did you like considering it's not their first? Like you technically get to see their first rodeo with Diana helping Steve escape from uh, Themyscira, but also you get to see their uh, their progression of their friendship after her dating Superman, and like now that you know they're pretty much friends again, or they're friends and they get to be around each other more. I think it's cool, although it's not really the entire focal point of uh, the movie. Uh, it's just kind of a nice little diversion, I think. Yeah, it's 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 definitely an element there, um, and obviously there's the constant romantic tension. There's the there's the innuendos, which I always find charming. Um, it was it was written. It was uh, to me. I found those in, uh, interactions very classy. Um, but I, I honestly liked their interaction. Like it wasn't. It never steered too like one sided over the other uh but it but it felt very sincere in that Steve obviously cares for Diana even though and worries about her even though she's like a 6 foot 4 amazon you know who could take care of herself um yeah. but uh it's always refreshing to see uh that sort of caring for one another and I thought that it just felt very genuine yeah um, okay. But what did you think about Ray Donovan as himself? Uh, or not as himself, but as Steve Trevor, as opposed to, uh, granted, we've only saw Steve Trevor maybe twice. I think he was in Throne of Atlantis and then Justice League War. I think, I think Throne of Atlantis was probably the last time we saw him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I feel like in this movie, he's, uh, definitely more of a character than he was in those movies. I mean, granted, he's more of a secondary character this time around instead of like a tertiary one so yeah. they obviously had to write him to be as such i feel like that he's uh he's a bit quippy uh kind of like the nathan drake of this universe i feel yeah very like constantly has a quip like i, I think one of, one of the ones i can think of off the top of my head is when the uh, building is being controlled by the dr cyber one of the villains and he's like like um silver banshee who i won't reveal whose identity that is yet uh, he gets up and just Steve just goes. Does it always have to get worse? Like he's like he's that swashbuck. It's weird because like he's supposed to be the swashbuckling character, but he's the secondary role. Like normally that would be the lead role. But I think I find that refreshing that that's what his he's not the spotlight, but he's there to um to give relief when there is relief. Yeah, he's pretty much the human in this uh, army of metahumans. Okay. 
All right, so let's go ahead and talk about sort of what's the connecting narrative, and that's it's pretty much family, your home, and then like a, a, a character who's false to the dark side. Would you say that that's pretty much that's pretty much the bat the bones of this movie? Yeah, that pretty much hits the metaphorical nail on the head. So pretty much most of this movie in the good the the good half the the origin movie. Uh, part of this movie is, um, as I said, movie like five times in a row. There, the origin part of this film is Diana is introduced to the uh, to Doctor um, uh, Julia Capitalis, uh, uh, and she is a Greek. I'm pretty sure she is based on the last name. She's Greek. She's studying Greek mythology and she's obsessed with it. And she has been chosen to um, host Diana as she stays in America to sort of find her footing. And um, she is also joined by her very stubborn daughter, um, Vanessa, um, and uh, and pretty much like there's automatically a, like a tug of war uh, between for uh, Julia's as she pays more attention to Diana versus her daughter as her daughter grows more and more angry over the fact that pretty much she feels like she. She can't, she doesn't have a choice of who who she can be. Yeah. Um. And uh, what did, what did you think about their relationship, uh, Julia's and uh, Veronica's relationship? Did it felt too predictable? Did it feel believable? Uh, in a sense, I guess. Like uh, the whole crux of this movie uh, falls on uh, Vanessa's relationship with her mother who pretty much feels like that she kind of forces her to be an archaeologist like her. At the same time, uh, she feels like that uh, she wants to do some uh, other things on her own uh, and be her own person and also wants her mother's acceptance for it. But with Diana in the picture, it just seems uh, less and less attainable, which does put her in a bit of a stupor. Yeah, pretty much, and um, it's like, I, and you even get to see like Rebel. She gets like the 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 edgy haircut where it's like bald faded, and um, and like the, the full like she pretty much looked like that one, the main character from Cyberpunk, especially with some of the outfits she wears uh, later on. Um, but uh, so you have that tension, um, and then uh, again it cuts to the present. Where Diana is pretty much fully in her role as Wonder Woman, she's embraced. He's kind of embracing it, and this is where we kind of this is where like the story really kicks off. Uh, we learn that uh, Julia is worried about Veronica. That uh, there's some emails that are going around. Like she saw some emails that are going on. I think she's talking to somebody she shouldn't be talking to. Um, and it turns out uh, Veronica was dealing with somebody called Doctor Cyber and Doctor Poison. Wow, they got P- they got PhDs, Masters of Degrees in Evil. Um, Doctor Evil would be proud. Yeah, right. All, all this movie was missing Doctor Evil. Da-da. I'll help. Uh, I'll sure I'll help you, ladies, for one million dollars. Tyler, put you're this the on the Diet Coke though. of Evil. Just one <laughs> calorie, not evil enough. Exactly. Um, so, unfortunately, the deal goes wrong because Wonder Woman shows up and all hell breaks loose. Uh, in result of that, though, it seems that Julia was shot. And, Tyler, did you have the same reaction I did that the last words out of her mouth were not, 
Vanessa or I love you, dear. Like, no, it's Diana. She calls out to Diana as she's dying and not her own daughter. Yeah, I saw that coming. Like, as soon as that moment uh, popped up, it's like, yeah, Veronica's going to be a villain in this movie. Yeah, um, and it's like it's so tragic. It's very much like the fall from grace character. Because when we first meet her, she's a kid, and and now she's like this angry, ed, I guess edgelord it would be the proper term, right? But like, there's like... Do you think the movie gave you enough time for you to feel something about her tragic descent? Or do you think it moved a little too fast? Uh, I feel like it was a little right. Like, if we hadn't spent as much time as we did um, learning about uh, Veronica's discourse between her mother and Diana in the beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely would have come completely out of nowhere. And that really would have shot this movie in the foot. I think so, too. Like, it, it obviously in a movie, you know, maybe like in like a, a live action one, you would have introduced Veronica in the first movie and then maybe in the second movie she becomes this versus here. It's like bang, 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 bang. But I think it moves. You get enough of like why she's resentful, why she would do this. So basically, Veronica joins up with Dr. Cyber and it has this uh, what we would learn is a nanovirus that pretty much is slowly taking over body. She gets metal wings, sharp claws. Um, the first time we see her is she's attacking this uh, caravan that's delivering to Dr. Cyber and Dr. Poison. And she pretty much just like... And this is where you kind of get like this movie's not playing. She Mortal Kombat's these car- these uh, soldiers like they're nobody. The fucking it's crazy. Of fatality. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Um, and that's pretty much the crux of the movie where Diana feels guilty that Julia's dead. That, that uh, Vanessa has turned to the dark side. And... She she feels like she blames herself for it for the most part, yeah. Um, and it's it's, it's typically sad. Um, and then it pretty much becomes a a, a race to the a race to Themyscira um, because they manage to knock out uh, Vanessa in a fight, um, and it, that's where we learn about the uh, the metal that's the the organic virus that's eating her alive, and they pretty much have to fight the scare. Tyler, though, what is the reason why it's not so easy to get to Themyscira? Uh, apparently, as a failsafe, when uh, Amazonians leave Themyscira, um, they forget where exactly it is. Yeah, so pretty much it becomes a journey to finding um, Themyscira. So, because the only thing that can heal uh, Vanessa is the purple healing ray, which you see earlier, and that becomes a plot MacGuffin. But and that's actually plot. its name, by the way, the purple yeah. healing ray. It's a that's a great moment where like Steve's uh, like Diana says to Steve as he's healing his burn his burns like it's her purple healing ray. All right, what's it called? The purple healing ray. Like oh, okay. I don't know. What <laughs> I expected. Just, I, I was I was expecting something else, but um, pretty great stuff. And I honestly feel uh, I, like what did you think about like that crux of the movie about basically basically becoming a rush to getting to Themyscira. Um, I feel like it runs parallel to uh, Diana's situation in the beginning of the movie where she was practically disowned by her mother uh, for um, leading this man-beast out of Themyscira and going into man's world on her own. With stolen Amazonian armor, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And she feels like that she didn't live up to her mother's expectations, which kind of mirrors uh, Veronica's plight in this movie. 
or Vanessa, sorry. Yeah, it's you could say the movie is about two daughters on two very different paths who feel like they in in their own separate ways let their mothers down. Except one, again, you know, as to quote Yoda, fears the path to the dark side. You know, all all that all that good jazz. Um, but um, let's let's talk about before let's before we talk about the fights because I definitely want to talk about the fights with you. With the exception of the final true villain, I feel like the villains are kind of underwhelming for the most part. Yeah, they um, kind of are. They're least, just there just to serve uh, for uh, Veronica's descent to the dark side for all intents pretty, and purposes. Yeah, so you have... It's pretty much all of Wonder Woman's like big villains. So you have uh, Cheetah, which we'll get into what she does. Dr. Poison, who people know from the movie. Dr. Cyber, who's sort of like the lead... Like the, like the figurehead of this little cabal of... Um, uh, villains, and then you have also starring Giganta, who is here, uh, who says the best one of the best lines of the movie, "Bigger and better, bitch," and, which I didn't expect coming from a DC movie, but here we are. I'm the juggernaut, um, bitch. Pretty much, yeah, but just in, in Giganta form. Um, and uh, and of course, I'll talk about and the hidden villain, which is Medusa, um, which I did not see coming. Um, uh, so yeah, unfor- unfortunately, with the exception of Cheetah, the other villains are kind of just fodder. And even Cheetah's fodder, but at least Cheetah visually got an upgrade, you know? Yeah, she literally becomes the Flash uh, for yeah. a portion of the movie. Yeah, she gets this serum that she injects in herself and she takes on a more... She loses all of femininity that uh, she had to her. But she becomes like she pretty much becomes a uh, like a humanoid cheetah, where she she's more monstrous. Loud, roar. Yeah, and but she's also super fast. And Diana gets oh god, poor Diana in this movie. Like seriously, poor Diana. Uh, we'll get into the action scenes in just a moment. But um, it it's it's quite a harrowing fight. But unfortunately, none of them, all of them pale in comparison to Medusa. But Medusa kind of just gets. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Medusa kind of just gets dropped in the middle of nowhere at the end, right? Um, I feel I think in the middle of the movie, um, when they were like smuggling a big old tank, uh, we don't know exactly what it is, but apparently it was important enough to uh, smuggle it out, and uh, I think that was Medusa first, R- right? But they never say beforehand like this is Medusa, like they're going after Medusa. It's like a big oh, I think. It's a big oh shit moment. It's fucking Medusa. Um, like that's that's terrifying. Um, especially the fact that she gets like a like she also gets injected with the poison, so she um, she gets become like almost not Godzilla size, but at least like nineteen thirty nine King Kong size. Pretty 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 huge. Um, she literally becomes Medusa from uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, who is also voiced by Cree Summer, by the way. Wow, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds that she voices Medusa twice? Um, so, yeah, unfortunately the villains are kind of just there. But I, I think the true villain, uh, you, if you want to call her that, which is Vanessa or Silver Manchie, like it's, it's, I think it was cool to see like the... Because we haven't seen it in these movies where like you have the bad guy, uh, the villain, and then have them turn to the good side. We haven't really seen that, you know. Maybe, at least I could be wrong. It's... it's you know, I've seen all these movies. Um, but Medusa's probably the most interesting just because of what she does. And that she pretty much starts conquering Themyscira uh, like like there's nothing. 
Yeah, she literally looks at people and they just turn to stone. And even if they don't, they just get smushed. Yeah, and also she has the ability to like compel you to look. So like you could like just I guess by the sound of her voice, she can um visual like she can command you to look, which is also very very terrifying. Um, Gorgons are creepy, man. Yeah, yeah, they are. So let's let's talk about the action sequences. I. I think these are next to the Death of Superman stuff. I thought this was some of my favorite action scenes in the entire in all these movies. Yeah, the action scenes are really cool in this movie. Uh, you got any personal favorites? Um, it's probably the final battle for me. Uh, even though it does lean a bit on the more brutal side of things, but yeah. I guess that's kind of like a factor. Yeah, um, I do like the uh, fight with Vanessa over over. I think it's a city. I don't remember what city it is, but I do like that fight. Um, but I think the number one you can take away from all of them, even not even the ending fight, uh, is the brutality of of the fights. Like they're yeah. not like if you're squeamish, maybe don't watch it because you see. Um, when Wonder Woman, like, you get a taste of it, again, when, uh, Silver Manchi attacks the guard, but you really get the sense of they want to make these fights brutal with, uh, Diana and, uh, Cheetah versus Wonder Woman, and Cheetah just starts cutting her up with her claws. Like, it's, like, she's, like, she's, uh, bred. She literally becomes Sonic in Super Smash Brothers, where she just, uh, punches her and runs away. Punches, pretty, runs away. Pretty much. It's, it's pretty gruesome, but... Um, it's really that final fight that she has with with uh, Medusa, where like, the, and there's two phases of the fight where um, Diana is trying her best to not look at Medusa, but Medusa is just beating the ever living tar out of her, and Medusa is like at least thirty feet tall, I think by this point. Um, yeah. she's huge, uh, and like, Diana gets cut up. Not to mention she gets bitten twice. By uh, Medusa's snake hairs, which causes a poison to go inside of her. Although, I didn't really see the effects of the poison, though. Yeah, it is a bit weird. I imagine it probably paralyzes her a little bit more, but other than that, I kind of expected a bit more. Yeah, um, but let's talk about the most metal thing that anyone has done in these movies to date. Um, (laughs) So, obviously, the big problem with Medusa is the fact that she can, you know, you look at her, you're frozen, you're turned to stone. In fact, Steve Trevor gets turned to stone uh, in all he gets this. Stoned. He gets stoned, exactly. Um, so what, Tyler, you want to tell the people what Diana does as a sort of like, all right, this is this is it. This is where I'm, I make my stand. So Diana takes one of the severed snake heads uh, from uh, Medusa's hair, right? She squeezes her into her eyes and um, practically blinds herself with venom, yeah. uh, making her unable to see Medusa. Like I remember when I first saw this, uh, and this is going to date it a little bit, but on the DC Universe app, remember when DC had its own app for like original stuff? Um, wow. I remember seeing it for the first time, and I literally went, "Oh my god!" Because like it's one thing to see blood and like cuts and like dismemberment sure but metal as fuck to put acid in your eyes um she's lucky that purple healing ray was right fucking there um yeah to uh 
to put acid into your eyes <laughs> to... Uh, it, it, but then it made... I think the fight was better because then it allowed her to cut loose and she was beating the holy tar out of Medusa. It was great. Yeah. It was a much more even fight even though uh, she had a crippling disability. Kind of reminds me of that one part in Fist and North Star where Ken Shiro was blind for a bit but he was still beating the shit out of all those thugs. Oh, it's, it's great. It's it's like, seriously, I didn't expect to see that coming. Um, and Diana was already messed up as it is, so great, great ending. That whole final fight was really, really something. Um, Alright, and, and the best part of it all is that, unfortunately, while Vanessa doesn't get any closure with uh, with uh, her mother... Um, she does come, she does eventually turn and help Diana, so she fig- she finds out that, you know, Diana, it's not Diana's fault that, you know, she's dead. Um, but, uh, Diana gets some resolution with her mother, and it was a very, very sweet moment that made the brutality a little bit more tolerable. Yay. Like, and I make like the, cri- made the entire thing all worthwhile. Yeah, I make the Christ allegory because it's, it's her mother literally watching from above, as she's seeing her daughter suffer this horrible potential death. And in fact, even in that fight, uh, when they cut back to uh, Hippolyta and her counsel, like Diana's, uh, Hippolyta's like, she may, she knows she's not going to make it. And like, she's, she's okay with it, but cause she knows she can't show weakness, uh, at all. Um, but what a, what a powerful way to end where, you know, Diana, um, gets to greet her mother one more time. Um, after like at least minimum of five years, yeah, something like that. So true. All right. So uh, anything else uh, you want to add, Tyler? Before, because I can't, I can't think of anything else. Um, not particularly. All right. So uh, some uh, some really good stuff. Uh, it's not the most perfect movie. I think uh, I honestly think we're ending on a strong point because Batman. I really enjoyed Batman Hush. Um. But we do have a post-credit scene to talk about, uh, which is yep. odd that it's a post-credit scene. But yeah, um, I guess maybe they were gonna do a Wonder Woman two at some or Wonder Woman Bloodline sequel at some point, but obviously not happening anymore. Um, so uh, in the movie, and I haven't mentioned it enough because I feel like this is just so out of nowhere. Uh, we meet a character by Veronica Kale who Julia worked for, and they pretty much. Like, get a lot of her information from her. In terms of, like, how to find find Themyscira. It turns out, um, Veronica was the one who shot Julia. And I think they allege... I'm pretty sure she's Dr. Cyber. Yeah, um, that's... That was my thought, too. Uh, and they mentioned earlier that there was no way that, uh, she would have been shot in the gunfire. Exactly. So... Yeah, she, like, the So, pretty much, uh, Veronica shot... Um, Julia, which she did that to further push along um, uh, Vanessa to the dark side. Um, but Wonder Woman pretty much tells her, "I know, I know that who you are. I, I you know, I know what you did, um, or that you, I know that you killed her." Uh, and but doesn't do anything because I guess she can't physically prove it. So like, obviously, Wonder Woman's going to play by the rules. Um, but and she also mentioned that uh, because of her, she uh, reconciled with her mother. So in a sense, she kind of helped. So here's my sword if you want to fight me. Oh, pretty much, yeah. And, and, and throws it and throws it down. Um, and then pretty much like Veronica just outright challenges her. 
that like I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, Wonder Woman. Like th- like threatening her. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Pretty much. Like it. It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah. So and then that's it. Unfortunately, this maybe they had planned to do another ver- run, and then obviously the next movie ended up being the last. But you know things. Or maybe they up. just couldn't find a, a better spot to put this little plot twist in. Right. Because I don't know where you would put it. You know. It just that's... feels kind of tacked on. You know. Yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I feel like they should have said, maybe they did and I wasn't paying attention and it's my fault, but like, it's, like she's Dr. Cyber, or like, you know, because Dr. Cyber does encounter Medusa in the fight, but Dr. Cyber... Just, a, just an empty husk. Yeah, it's just, it's just a husk, so there's not really anything to go off of there. Alright, um, but let's go ahead and uh, go to the ratings board for the penultimate film of this movie. Um, Tyler... How many Gorgon heads out of five do you give Wonder Woman Bloodlines? I'll give this three and a half severed snake heads out of five. Um, Wonder Woman's a cool character. Um, I do like how she's portrayed in this movie. Uh, Her uh, reasoning for uh, going through uh, the events are uh, well-intentioned. The characters are kind of fun. The action scenes are really cool. Um... But there are a few pacing issues that I did notice uh, throughout, and uh, it does kind of hamper the, the the experience a little bit. I don't think it's as good as Superman, uh, the Death of Superman movies, but it's kind of up there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very fun. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as good as those as those movies. Um... But I do think it's very entertaining, and there's some good stuff to take away from it. It's not one to sleep on. I don't think it's as good as the '09 movie, but I do think it's not. It's it's worth the watch. And the best part is, you don't really have to have watched the other movies to get it. Like it's it's probably the most standalone DC animated movie we've seen in a while. Yeah, I would uh, say so. And where it's like, wait, why is you know who is this? Who's that? Here it's just like you get the origin. You get a little bit of the, the origin, you get her relationship with Sue Trevor, and you get this whole nuanced story all in one go. So uh, definitely definitely not a bad uh, definitely not bad to go about that if you want to just watch a Wonder Woman movie by itself. Um, Alright, so let's go ahead and tease it. Next week is the finale for this first season of uh, the Cinema Shop Podcast. Um and uh but next week is the finale to this with justice league dark apocalypse war i am warning you right now if you have not seen it strap yourselves in it's not for the faint of heart and i do not say that likely if you have a kid do not watch it with your kid dear god do not watch it with your kid um and uh tyler where can people find you before i sign off you can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sHatTai. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. Okay. And, um... You can follow me at Twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy for all things related to the Marvelous One. And, of course, I stream live at Twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. Um, or on Saturday, I stream with Thomas, uh... We're actually going to be playing It Takes Two, since it's now going to be on Game Pass by the time Saturday hits around. So look forward to that. Sunday. um, This coming Sunday, by the time it's out, uh, the first of ten between me and Tyler would have happened. 
So look forward to that as Tyler probably beat my ass at that. That's gonna He'll go probably live. get a few in. Uh, that'll be Just live. Train hard. Live at twitch.tv says Iggy two M four six PM Central Standard Time. Tuesday we're playing the Outer Worlds uh, for anniversary purposes, and then Wednesday uh, or my ver- my way of celebrating Zelda month with uh, the Minish Cap. All right, everybody, thank you very much for uh, joining us. We'll see y'all next week for the finale. Until next time, guys. Text your mom. Tell your mom you love her. Right. Bye bye. I am go I am going to enjoy my time in Themyscira before next week. Nice. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.